Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Podcast with Nadia Murdoch Fit. Today, I'm excited to have on Erica Adler, founder of Fresh Erica. Hey, Erica, how are you? Hi, Nadia. I'm good. How are you? Good. So um, I want to give a little background of how we met. We met at the Kate Hurley um, app launch, and I'll be interviewing Kate later this month. So it's just great when I'm able to go to these events and meet like-minded people. And I ran, and Erica just came right over to me, which I love, (laughs) and introduced herself. So Erica, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Fresh Erica and your background? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. Um, So Fresh Erica is kind of just like an amalgamation of everything that I'm doing. Um, So I can start with my background. Uh, I am a, right now I'm a culinary student, but in a couple of months I will officially be a certified health supportive chef, uh, which means that I'll have Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready to graduate. I'll have graduated from the Natural Gourmet Institute, which is where I'm in culinary school here in New York City. Um, But I also, so uh, along with being in culinary school, I also personal chef and which means that I cook for clients in their homes and um, I do some food styling and recipe development as well. Uh, And my focus is really around all things I guess I'll, I'll call it health supportive food. And that can mean a lot of different things depending on, it's really um, it's really all about finding what's health supportive for the individual. So that's that's kind of where I am. Okay, so now my wheels are crazy turning. <laughs> I have a ton of questions. So um, health supportive food. So um, when you say that, a lot of people don't realize that they have an unhealthy relationship with food. Mm. Do you, do you just like when you're working with clients or like, um, as a personal chef or one-on-one, how do you decipher what's, what's the best route to go for that specific person? That's such an interesting question. And it's something that's coming up more and more for me as I work with clients. Um, my personal approach is to really take in what my clients are telling me, listen to them first and foremost, um, hear what their issues are. And then as a health supportive chef, my goal is to make sure that my clients are being served. So if I feel that what I'm hearing is not necessarily coming from a place of, you know, wanting to eat food to support a strong and healthy body, but maybe from more of a, you know, a place of the relationship with food not being great. Usually what I do is direct my client to a professional that can help with that. Um, I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, I, I think that nutritionists and doctors and psychologists are doing amazing things, especially in this space. And so really my, my first course of action is always to direct my clients, hey, like, you know, I hear what you're saying um, and I have recommendations for some people that could really help you in this way. That's great because I think that, um, you know, especially if you're new to wellness and just trying to figure out what's right for you, it's not just a one-stop shop. You, mm-hmm. You're basically cultivating a team to help create the right lifestyle for you. So I love that. 
Um, so how did you fall into this? How, did you always have a love for food? Did you go through your own issues with, mm-hmm. you know, a proper diet and everything like that? Yeah, definitely. So um, I will try to keep this nice and concise. <laughs> yes, the, fir- the answer to your first question is yes, I've always really loved food. Um, I, I grew up eating a very standard American diet. Um, but was really lucky to be exposed to lots of different kinds of food. Um, My family lived overseas when I was a little kid, and so we traveled a good amount in Asia. Uh, So I was exposed to those cuisines really early on, which was amazing. And, um, but really my base diet was that standard American diet of like, you know, I, I did grow up eating a lot of really sugary cereal with skim milk poured all over it. And, yep. Um, while that's delicious, especially to, you know, an eight-year-old, um, I think it definitely led me down a path uh, of health issues later on. So uh, I think when I was around 24, I developed really, really strange what I thought were strange symptoms at the time um my period was late I had acne for the first time in my entire life um I was not sleeping at all I was super stressed and all these things just kind of came out of nowhere or they seemed to to me at the time and uh through my own research and um through a friend that kind of pointed me in the direction of I'll call it holistic healing practices, I was able to identify that I was most likely suffering from PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a form, yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a disorder that a lot of women have. It's uh, hormonal and it affects a number of things. It's really just a descriptor for a cluster of symptoms that arise when your hormones are out of balance. So Mm -hmm. I did, I went to a doctor, she confirmed the diagnosis for me and uh, I continued down. She, she essentially said, Hey, if you know, if you want to manage these symptoms, get on birth control, which I was not at the time. And uh, I wasn't interested in doing that. So I worked to manage the symptoms through diet. And in doing that, uh, kind of just really tied into my love for food and, you know, working to create dishes that were tasty and satisfying while also uh, reducing some of the foods that I thought were triggering my symptoms was a way for me to really get into the kitchen and rekindle my love of cooking. And yeah. through, through that, I decided to attend culinary school. So Erica, a lot of your initial training was self-taught, it sounds like. That's right. Yep. Wow. That's yep. pretty amazing. Like, you're like the third person I spoke. I spoke to someone else the other day. Uh, she followed the path of functional uh, medicine mm-hmm. and, you know, same thing. She had her own issues and she did her own research. And it just goes back to show that it all boils down to your lifestyle most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, people are so quick to write a prescription and, you know, pass off a pill or whatever. And I think a lot of it, if you just really do the work or, you know, try to do the work or find someone that can help you get down to the the root of it, it can be, I mean, that's so, I think that's so inspiring and hopeful for a lot of people that are even listening to this, that, you know, it doesn't mean like, 
you know, if you're diagnosed with X, Y, Z, that that's it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be on a certain medication for the rest of your life. It can be reversed, but it's just the discipline of it. I love that story. Oh my gosh. Really I, cool. yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and for me, like, I, I really, I firmly believe that every individual should take the path that works best for them. If, you know, if another woman with PCOS is on birth control and that's working for her, I, I fully support that. But at the same time, I just want the information to be out there that there's not, that that's not the only option. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point to put it. Like maybe that is something. Yeah. That's totally true. But I think people don't know the other side of it. So they think that that might be their only solution. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Okay. So I love your pictures on Instagram. (laughs) I'm like totally obsessed. So is that how you eat on a regular basis? Oh my God. No. (laughs) (laughs) That is so sweet. So, I mean, I'm going to be just like totally honest. I, the food styling part of cooking, I love. It brings me so much joy. I've always felt like I'm a creative person, but I don't know what my outlet is. Like finally, I feel like I found my outlet and it's styling food. Um, but the an- the short answer to your question is no. Like I, I eat, I eat really, I try to eat really balanced meals. And typically what you're seeing is food that I definitely consumed, but yeah. uh, I, you know, uh, I'll give an example, like a smoothie bowl. Um, I style that smoothie bowl, I photograph it, and then I eat it, uh, definitely. <laughs> I'm not letting that food go to waste, but you know, if I'm on my way to a client in the morning and I'm whipping up a smoothie, it's getting eaten out of a mason jar. It's not, okay. it's not <laughs> definitely like it's, I will say like, base level food that is in the photo is is what I eat on a day-to-day basis does it look like that when I eat it definitely not (laughs) right (laughs) speaking of like your foods and on the go what are what are some of your I would say for breakfast lunch and dinner and even snacks if you can throw it in your go-to like you know you don't have time to think about it it's just Mm -hmm. what you go to Mm -hmm. um, on your regular basis I love this question. I'm, I like could talk about food all day long. Um, I love it. <laughs> so I would say for breakfast, I'm either, uh, I've realized that eating seasonally is works well for me. So I try to do kind of like, and it's pretty intuitive for most people. I try to do something warmer in the cold months. And then I typically pick something cooler in the hot months. Um, mm-hmm. So right now my go-to thing is, um, if I have time for it, I'm making fresh oatmeal and it's simple. I just, it's quick cooking oats. So I just toss it on the stove and um, maybe like some sort of fruit on top. And I usually throw in some sort of nut and seed to get that protein and fat component in there. Um, If it's an on the go situation right now, I've been testing these kind of like oatmeal loaf things. I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm i doing like, uh, I know it's really popular to do like baked oatmeal. For whatever reason, I'm like, oh, I kind of want it in like a loaf pan. So <laughs> I've been just throwing together some for the last couple of weeks and it's good. My partner eats that as well on his way out the door. So um, yeah. That's- that sounds really interesting. <laughs> so do you make, sorry to cut you off. Do no. you make? 
do you make the oatmeal like traditional oatmeal but in but you put it in you finish it off by baking it in a loaf pan that's not a bad idea that's not what i'm doing i'm oh. i'm essentially that's i'm like oh maybe i'll have to try that no i'm like i'm making like a batter out of the oatmeal and it's raw and then i bake oh. it so i'm mixing oh, the oatmeal okay. yeah i'm mixing it with like flax and um hemp seeds Ooh. and then almond milk and um, oh that's good. <laughs> it's, that I mean, like, it's, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, I was saying, like, sometimes I'm craving bread, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to do bread, mm-hmm. you know? But at the same time, like, by throwing in all those seeds, you're getting the nutrients to keep you full. Exactly. And you're still satisfying that whole, that bread craving. Ooh, yeah, and this thing is dense. It keeps you full for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Maybe you um, will definitely, guys, will definitely have Erica share one of her recipes that she shared on Instagram, and I'll put it in uh, the show notes for everybody to check out. Oh, yes, I'd love to. Happy okay, to do that. Cool. Um, right. And then I'm going to continue on to lunch. Um, I'm definitely a lunch bowl kind of person. So I just pretty much throw together whatever I have in my fridge, but it typically consists of Definitely some sort of green, um, often a fat component like uh, an avocado or if I have some pesto on hand and then uh, a protein component. And that's typically like I'll have a little bit of chicken in my fridge or I have the components of my bowl sitting out on my countertop right now and I have some like grass-fed steak and avocado and some microgreens and some cucumber I'm just and I'm gonna put some rice in this one so something that I'm working on doing is getting you know I've done very low carb low grain now I'm like let's let's introduce some grains into my diet so yeah I'm make some brown rice today I love that yeah and I love I love the idea that you said now you're gonna incorporate rice like I've been I was just telling um, a client of mine this morning I'm not big on restrictive diets because I feel like that just sets you up for failure Um, and then I feel like also you know it also depends on the scenario uh, you know health reasons or whatever but I just feel like saying no to everything in that entire category for me personally it just doesn't work so uh, I love like a happy medium of it all I totally agree with you and I've been really interested in and learning some about kind of like the intuitive eating movement. Yes. I'm so interested in it. It goes it, it goes so beautifully hand in hand with like the body love and body positivity movement and uh, so that's kind of the way I work to treat food in my life is just um, thinking about what's making me feel good what what am i actually craving um how can i fulfill that craving in a way that makes me feel satisfied and Mm -hmm. if if that means you know eating the uh whatever the actual you know dairy ice cream and that's what i think will make me feel satisfied then that's what i'm gonna eat Um, rather than just uh you know trying to find like a low sugar dairy-free option that's gonna leave me kind of sad because it didn't taste as good right right and I think that's what people forget like how does it make you feel like exactly all around like yeah I mean for me like I used to love regular ice cream but now it just doesn't make me feel good it's not because I'm like oh my god too much calories no <laughs> it just doesn't feel good you know and I 100 like percent 
people get hung up on what you should or should not eat. It makes you a good or bad person. And I feel like you really just need to go back to basics. It's like, does it feel good? Do you feel good after right. you eat it? And if you don't, don't eat it. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I, what I think is interesting is I have those foods that um, maybe give me some stomach upset or might trigger like a, an acne breakout or something like that. But sometimes I, I eat them because the the I know that it'll bring me uh, you know joy, emotional joy that right. uh, offsets whatever physical. So I, I think that it's all about kind of like being really in touch with how does this make me feel both emotionally and physically mm-hmm. and and weighing those things and you know, making mm-hmm. making the choice and being okay with the choice that you made. Yes. Oh, I like that. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> Oh I think that that's where that's where people get hung up is like when when we ascribe guilt around food it's you know yep. it's it's and tough. It a whole nother thing oh yeah. my god yeah I've definitely been down that road yeah me too me too um, okay so now dinner <laughs> so dinner um dinner is interesting for me right now so I am I have an odd schedule with school and clients over the weekends and often um, late at night. And I'm sure you have the same thing going on where you just, you're juggling a million things and often things creep into the evening hours. Um, So I kind of alluded to this with lunch, but for me, meal prep has been really huge in just making sure that I have things on hand that I can uh throw cobble at least cobble something together really quickly um i think that this is really really common among the chef community is that you know uh i think there's an idiom that's like the the shoe cobblers kids that don't have shoes something along those lines basically (laughs) the idea that you know i spend all day cooking for other people or cooking at school because i'm learning and i get home and i'm like i can't stand in front of a stove (laughs) any longer yeah so it's it is it's really like a lot of times it's similar to lunch it's like i'm grabbing whatever is in the fridge um because i spent two to three hours meal prepping yeah. on a given day. Um, I, I hear that, that. I could totally see why that would be um, yeah. daunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I I mean, the days that I get to cook, you know, and I feel fresh and I'm cooking in my own kitchen and I didn't come off of a long day, um, those are really joyful times for me. They're just fewer and further in between right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're putting in the work now and then those Mm -hmm. days will become more and more in the future. I love that. So you mentioned meal prep and I read something actually when I was doing some research on intuitive eating that sometimes the pressure of eating healthy and the pressure of Mm -hmm. meal prep and like that extensive meal prep of, you know, making a full batch on Sunday and prepping it all. What are your thoughts on meal prep? Because I know for me, I tried it and I got super overwhelmed and I was just like, nope, not for me. So, I, I, I saw the I saw something really similar. I think I saw it like a meme floating around uh, on Instagram this week that was like, self-care is meal prep, but self-care is also realizing when meal prep won't serve you. And I think that that, that puts it, I, I'm like, how, who can I credit? I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll try to find it for you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, yeah. Oh, but I think knowledge box there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness, you flatter me. Um, <laughs> 
but yeah i think that that puts it really well for me uh when i have the time when i when i can find two or three hours to set aside and uh i can do that then that's great and i do do it but i'm i'm don't have children and um right now work is work and school are somewhat flexible so finding that time is feasible for me but if it's not for you then i think that that's where you know figuring out how to feed yourself healthfully may take a different bent and you might end up um skipping the meal prep which i think is fine and I, again like no judgment and i think that this goes for all wellness practices like really deciding whether or not it serves you and then pursuing it if it does yeah uh because it yeah i love that because i think people you know wellness is a growing growing industry it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a trillion dollar industry and i feel like sometimes people are doing it because i don't want to speak for everybody but you know the pressure of it's the cool thing to do it's the right thing to do and sometimes the right thing to do is just not to do it like right. you have to you know it's almost like that sense of peer pressure from back like school days <laughs> like uh-huh you don't have to drink the smoothie if you don't like the smoothie um you know find something else that nourishes your body um but yeah those are those are some great valid points so i have to ask you this uh-huh. you talked about seasonal eating i came across a box it's like a box uh, subscription um service okay and they basically pick all the seasonal um vegetables and fruits for you and they send it to you either one like a one off or weekly. Uh-huh. So my question to you is are there any subscription services that you absolutely love that could help someone like like the one I described that could help you in a pinch to stay on track with eating healthy and eating seasonally and picking the right things? Oh, that is such an interesting question and I don't feel super equipped to answer it. I oh. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really great question. I am not a subscription box person. Like I've never done Blue Apron. I, you right. know, the the box you just described to me sounds awesome, but I am like uh my happy place is the grocery store and the farmers market. So like the being there is pleasant for me. I like looking at the produce, picking it myself, Same. seeing what's Yeah, and but for some people that's just not either number 1 like very stressful which definitely in New York City I understand or number 2 there's not time for that. So in that right. case like I can see why a subscription box would make sense. But I, I'm like I've never even done Birch Box like I'm 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 like really not a subscription box person. I don't know why. Actually, here's what I'll say. Um the one subscription box I have is ButcherBox. And I was just going to ask you about that. Erica. Oh yes. my god, yes. Yes, you I was like I was racking my brain. I was like the one Okay, so yes, I love ButcherBox if you are concerned with sourcing high quality meat um then i think that this is a really really good way to go again like just like with anything in wellness do whatever makes sense for you but if this is part of what someone is concerned about then i would say butcher box is a great way number 1 have the meat very you know easily delivered to your home and then number 2 it it does end up it feels like a lot of it's like $125 a box which feels like a lot in one pop but if you think about i think i get like 
between 10 and 15 pounds of meat per oh, wow. box. So it's it it comes out and a lot of that is like grass-fed beef. And if you go to Whole Foods and buy that or your local butcher, um, support local businesses, but it is gonna be more expensive to do yeah. it that way. Yeah, I just came across something and it said that a lot of the meat that you think you're buying that's grass fed is actually oh, yeah. or, lo- or locally grown is actually mm-hmm. imported. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind. I was like, no. <laughs> um, are there any, so you, you do Butcher Box, but um, are there any particular brands that you trust, like when you are in the market that you purchase? That you oh, yeah. Share? That's a great, <laughs> let's get them to sponsor you too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a good question. I do have a lot of favorites. Um, for people that are in the New York and DC areas, I think New York, DC, and Chicago, um, and they're expanding. I love Gotham Greens. They, yeah, they are, uh, they grow lettuces and herbs and they do it uh, on hydroponically and on rooftops and like warehouse spaces that are not being used and they're not marked as organic but because they're hydroponic they I mean they're not technically organic but they're you know they're up standards of buying organic produce so um, I really like and trust their products and if there's ever a romaine scare again they're safe because they're grown in these uh, kind of like urban settings which is very cool yeah, definitely. Um, and I've seen that before. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I love them. I, I've spent some time with some of the folks that work there, and I think what they're doing is really awesome. And I support what they're doing, which is basically they're focused on sustainable farming that uses less water and less square footage and is local. Their delivery radius in New York is really small. So they're number one providing jobs to the community and number two they're not contributing hugely to the um to the carbon footprint of the produce industry wow um and then i like what else do i like i really like um i'm always talking about i i'm eating some dairy again because uh i I cut it out for a couple of years but i've started putting it back into my diet because that's felt what felt right and my body is reacting positively so I'm continuing to eat it um, but I do love coconut yogurts and there are a couple of brands that I really really love if you eat a vegan diet or avoid dairy um, Anita's is a really amazing local to New York woman-owned business um, and the product is delicious and really really great ingredients it's I think it's like just coconut and active cultures um but if you're looking for something that's a little bit more broadly distributed koyo is another really great brand koyo koyo c-o-y-o okay i've never heard of that one they're in whole foods they're um yeah they're in whole foods and these both of those products are pricey but uh again like if for me that's where food is the thing that I really care about. So that's where I spend money. If, you know, if for someone else it's skincare and that's where they want to put their right, their dollars, right. that's fine. But for me, it's food. So I, yeah, yep. I do often splurge on food. Um, 
I'm trying to think. I love bonza pasta, chickpea pasta. Yes, very good. <laughs> very, it's very good. good. It's oh, good. There's so nutrient dense. To, okay, you have to solve this for me. Tell okay? me. Chickpea pasta, rice pasta, gluten-free pasta. It gets clumpy. I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> for that reason, my husband will not eat it. So, how so what's, yes. What's the fixer? Okay, so I can tell you specifically for the bonza. Um, I've had issues with like rice pasta still, but with the bonza, which is chickpea pasta, you mm-hmm. can slightly undercook it so cook it for if the box says seven to nine minutes cook it for six minutes um it it won't it won't taste uh al dente it'll still be cooked through i don't know why they list a longer cook time than it needs on the box um and then this is like the crucial step is to give it a rinse with water immediately after it's done cooking um cold cold water it doesn't matter just to rinse what you're doing is like rinsing off what happens is the pasta cooks and it's releasing its starches and they're stickier than uh like glutinous pasta so it's sticking together um and if it's clump yeah go ahead sorry no i said i could talk to you about this stuff all day (laughs) i know i know if it's clumping while you're actually cooking it the thing this is actually something i learned in school the best thing to do is when you put the pasta in often the water will stop boiling it won't keep that rolling boil what you can do is kind of stir it pretty vigorously um until the bo- the rolling boil comes back and that'll prevent like a cook time sticking got it yeah i'm gonna try it and see if that makes a difference let me know if it helps let me know if you can convince your husband to eat it <laughs> yes i will definitely what i'll do is which is what i did with uh vegan me i uh i'll just serve it and just wait for a reaction oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> it reminds me my parents used to call salmon pink chicken to get my brother to eat it when he was a kid <laughs> oh. Oh okay one more question is there like you're doing amazing stuff in the food world and i wish you the best of luck with your graduation on the horizon is there a memorable moment with a client that you're currently working with or recently worked with that um just sticks with you like it reminds you of why you do what you do yeah definitely i love these questions you're asking the best (laughs) questions thank you uh um yes a hundred percent so um I have a client who is, it's a family. Um, the They have two young kids uh, under the age of four and the they eat very healthfully on their own. Um, and they hired me um, and the I work under, I work independently, but also under um, another company called Meal Prep Chef. Um, mm-hmm. And they hired Meal Prep Chef and me to come in and cook healthy meals for them. And uh, I got a note from them around the holidays just telling me that the food that I was preparing for them made the transition from one to two kids easier for them. And that to me, I know I'm, I am not a parent, um, but I love children and being able to help and especially help a mother in that way, just like really, really, it made me feel like I'm doing something that's 
really good for this family, but also I'm like, it's good feminism too. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a service that is not 100% accessible to everyone, but um, for those that it is, it's, I love cooking for families because it really makes a difference in their lives. Oh my gosh, do you come to New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's talking. talk I after. <laughs> Let's talk after. Yeah, I I mean. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to have you on again because there's like a gazillion other questions I want to ask you, but we're running out of time. So I have to have you share all your information. Um, guys, I'm going to put a lot of uh, notes in the show notes of, you know, of some of the stuff that Erica chatted about. Erica, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and if they want to hire you, where they can find you as well? Absolutely. So uh, as far as social media, uh, I mainly do Instagram, which is because Twitter scares me. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's at fresh.erica, E-R-I-C-A. And my website is fresherica.com. Uh, if you are interested in my services, you can reach out to me via the contact there, or I'm also really responsive over Instagram DM. So uh, if you wanna DM me, you can do that as well. Thank you so much. Not this has been so lovely. Thank you. I, I like love chatting with you, and yes. I would love to come back. Oh yes, it, it's a plan. I'm emailing you after the call. Yay! <laughs> thank you so much for being on, and everybody, uh, make sure you check out Erica. And thanks for listening. Bye, Erica. Thanks. Bye, Nadia. Thank you.